0: Welcome to Not The Way I Planned. I'm Carly Cash, and if you've ever found yourself thinking, this is not the way I thought my life would turn out, you've come to the right place. Each week we'll have inspiring interviews, plus tips and tricks to living your best life, even if it's not the life you planned. My guests today are Cody Shirley and J.P. Perriman, and we are going to talk about coming out as gay, specifically... After having been in the Mormon or LDS church. So, thank you guys so much for being on.
1: Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for having us.
0: So, I think it's safe to say that uh, this lifestyle does not really mesh with growing up in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. So, when you both of you think back to growing up, how did you feel about yourself? Did you feel like you were different or what did that look like?
1: So for me, um, it, I mean, as you're growing up, you never really realize, like, you, you're still trying to figure out, like, what does it mean? Like, I'm attracted to this friend or that friend or this boy or that boy. and And you don't really, I guess you still don't really know what's going on. Like, even like many, you know, young kids—they sometimes they think, "Oh, well, I like girls," and it takes them a while to figure it out. But I just never liked girls. I mean, okay, really—that's how kind of I felt, at least.
0: What about for you, JP?
2: Yeah, so I'm a convert to the church. I joined uh, before my twentieth birthday, but growing up, I, I was aware that I was attracted to men. Probably around the age of four or five, I—you don't really know though if everyone feels this way. And, you know, at the, at the time you heard a lot about, well, being gay is a choice and, um, whatnot. So I just, I just always kind of thought, Oh, this, this will just go away. Or, um, maybe I had a fear that, okay, this could be true, but I preferred to just think this will go away.
0: So why did you have a fear If you didn't grow up in the church, was that still something within your family that was viewed as wrong or is that how you were raised?
2: Yeah. um, My mom, my mom is religious. Uh, We grew up going to, um, you know, just a a Christian church. And so I had concerns about uh, what, you know, what that meant for me spiritually. But I also had concerns about what I kind of saw uh, a gay lifestyle, uh, what what it consisted of didn't really seem to fit my values or uh, my personality or really who, who I am. And so I uh, also had fears about that. And then just general fears about um, not wanting to be called a sissy or, or thought uh, as being different or less than.
0: Sure. How society would perceive it was very scary.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I completely understand as a young kid trying to figure that out and not knowing what's normal. Like I've even remember thinking as a kid, like I think girls are attractive. Does that mean that I'm gay? Turns out for me, no, it didn't mean that, but I can still look at a woman and think she's pretty, you know? So you had similar thoughts like that. And then as you got into being teenagers, did that heighten or what did it look like at that point for both of you? cause that's we, a pretty pivotal moment.
2: Yeah. For me, uh, my freshman year, uh, in, in high school, kids started calling me gay. And, uh, I think that maybe it was just kind of that typical uh, teasing, but I think for me, there was a little bit of fear of, Oh, they figured it out. And right. I didn't necessarily really defend myself that much about it. And so, uh, the rumors persisted and, and, uh, And that was a bit of a struggle for me.
0: What about for you, Cody?
2: Yeah.
1: um, I don't think it, as far as I know, nobody, you know, growing up had really any suspicions with it. But as far as, you know, like once I hit probably middle school, um, you know, yes, it did start to intensify, I think a little bit to where I was interested more than just, oh, he's handsome. Like you you start to imagine, you know, you've got your teenage hormones, which are starting. So the Mm -hmm. same thing that straight people think about each other is the same thing that gay people think about sometimes each other. It's just, they, at least I'll, I'll speak for myself. I didn't feel like I could tell anybody about that. Nobody. I mean, this was a secret, which in my mind was so deep and dark. And the other problem is too, is, you know, being raised you know a member of the LDS church, it was very difficult because I would, you know, go through my parents' books. Like there was a particular book, which was published by um, that church. And, and in that book, it, Talked about homosexuality and how it was, you know, this crime against humanity and how homosexuality, if you were gay, then you were compared to pedophiles or wow. things like that, which, you know, at the time I thought to myself, I thought, oh, I don't resonate with any of that. I don't feel like a pervert or maybe I am. I don't know. Like, what am I? But, and you don't exactly have an open environment where you can discuss those things, or at least I didn't feel that. Um, and my parents, I don't think had any a clue. Maybe they did. If they did, they haven't told me they did. But I don't think they had a clue. So with my parents, it was just, you know, oh, the you know the gays are wrong. And of course, my my, my parents are very different today than they were back then. Very different, t- totally separate, um, as far as their opinion on the on the subject or you know how they've reacted to it. But yeah, it did intensify, and and I did feel more and more secluded based on uh, some of the things that I was taught, you know, by religion that said you're a terrible person. And because you have this and that you're less than, and you're compared with these, what I perceive to be very offensive practices, you know, and it was, it was hard to put myself in that category. And so growing up, it didn't, I didn't feel like I could ever tell a soul. In fact, I remember at one point thinking, if anybody ever finds out that I am gay, I will kill myself. Like there's no question.
0: There was so much shame around it. Oh
1: my goodness. So much shame. Can't even imagine. Yep. Oh. And that followed into my thirties. Frankly, right, right, it didn't go away.
0: You, but at this point, you you weren't questioning. You knew as a teenager.
1: Well, it. I still kind of like JP said. Like I still kind of felt like, well, I'm really attracted to men. And I remember, um, you, you know, I mean, kids do funny things sometimes. It's like, oh, you know, hey, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. You know, kind yeah, of. That's common. I, that's it, common yeah.
0: with girls too. You girls too. So, friends.
1: you know, I remember, um. You know, and there was one time and I can't remember what grade it was. It was it had to be middle school where I remember thinking, oh, I might really be gay. Like, or I'm at least really into to my, you know, classmates or, <laughs> you know, gender mates, whatever you want to call yeah. them. So.
0: So did you date girls in high school? Both of you?
2: I tried to. I, I wasn't very popular in, in high school, but growing up, I mean, I remember in the first through fifth grade, I had a crush on a girl, uh, I think I I think some of the crush was she she was very pretty, her dad uh, managed one of the big ranches back home, and I had it all planned out that we were going to get married uh, when we grew grew up that uh, we would have a ranch. Uh, I had I all the way down to that we would have four dogs. I you had I, it all mapped I, out. Yeah, it was all all mapped out. Uh, in high school, um, I had I had a girl a, a crush on. Uh, a couple of different girls uh, and asked them out. Never, uh, they they weren't interested. So never really uh, dated much until um, later, uh, until I was in college. Uh, I I had several uh, girlfriends that I was serious with.
0: But it sounds like you were a little more conflicted then. You were attracted to girls still. Right. Or was that something that was more, you just felt, was the right thing to do
2: yeah the right thing the 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 normal thing right uh so the traditional thing uh, I come from an agricultural background um and ever since I was a little boy I always wanted to to be a cowboy and Mm -hmm. and so cowboys marry marry ranch wives and, and that's just kind of what I thought the world was in in my mind
0: yeah now, Cody, you ended up getting married, so you took it so far as to say, "Hey, this is what society expects of me." Or, uh, why did you make that choice?
1: That, oh, such a good question. It's so—it's really hard That's to talk loaded, about huh? this part. No, it's—it's it's tough. You know, in high school, I had a couple of girlfriends, and I never—I never dated them for very long because I got so I, I, because I'm gay and I'm not into girls, so I would get really bored with them in a really short period of time. And so when I, you know, I went on my Mormon mission and then came back. And then, of course, the next step within the LDS church is, okay, at this point now you're supposed to get married. Yes. So I thought, well, I guess I'm going to get married now. And this whole time I was thinking to myself, okay, if I just do what I'm told and I make, you know, God happy or what I'm being taught, then somehow this is all going to work out just fine. And, you know, I, I can just, I'll be able to do it. I didn't think it would go away, but I thought it'll be just enough to where, you know i i can live this life that i'm told is going to bring me happiness and peace and so i i was working one day and i met my uh, ex-wife now my ex-wife at the time and and uh, we dated for a couple of months and i thought to myself i go well i'm going to take her home to meet my parents and then if she doesn't drive me nuts then and that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. So romantic. Poor yes. thing. I mean, I, I empathize greatly with her because she did not ask for that. But, but
0: there's so much pressure in oh, the LDS religion. I don't think people even understand the pressure that when you get home from that mission, I mean, you need to be looking for a wife. It, yeah. and, and if you don't, it's you. Even from a girl's perspective, I felt like if I wasn't married by the time I was 21, I was going to be an old maid. Yeah. I was going to be a loser. And I think men feel that same type of pressure. Like if I don't get married right away, I'm just going to fall to the wayside and people are going to be ashamed of me. And it's just, it's a unique pressure.
1: Yeah. Terribly. And also you're 21 to 25 say, and your hormones are going crazy and you want to take advantage of that. And you want to have sex with people like that's, you know, when you're in twenties, that's what you do. And so, Like, I think a a lot of it is I just thought, you know, when I, when I married my wife, I was a virgin. I'd never been with anybody before that. And so I thought, okay, well, if I can just get married, I'll get that release. That'll be just enough to where I can make it work.
0: Makes perfect sense. And on my
1: honeymoon, I realized that was a terrible decision.
0: Right off the bat. Right off off the bat. Like this is not going to work.
1: It was not going to work, but I thought I've got to make it work because the pressure, like you said, like well, I can't get a divorce now. Like, what am I going to tell her? Like, no, what am I going to tell my family? Or was God going to make me go to hell? Like, I, because you don't, I mean, it's, it just sucks. Like that, it just really sucks.
0: Yeah. Because people, it doesn't people work. People that are not familiar with uh, the LDS religion don't understand maybe, but you it, it cannot have premarital sex. If you do, that's really, really wrong. Yes. So most people probably don't. And then getting divorced is also huge. I mean, you're supposed to be married forever for time and all eternity, as they put it. So yeah. I can't even imagine how I mean well, actually I can't imagine from a very different standpoint, because I think a lot of people that go through a divorce, or even a, a good chunk of them, know kind of like right from that, like there's something a little off here. Yeah. But I if I just keep moving forward, it will get better. Yes. I know with my experience it was like, well, when we have kids, it will just get better. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> our marriage isn't going well. Let's have a kid.
0: That will fix that'll fix it. Yep, which, which you that's did. What you, feel. you had kids. Yeah. So what did that look like? How did that play out?
1: So um, we have four kids, mm-hmm. and um, you know the the first kid we had within a year, and I honestly, when I say oh. You know, this isn't what I thought it was supposed to be. Maybe we'll have a kid and that will fix this or whatever else. You had those exact thoughts. Exact thoughts. I'm thinking, okay, well, we'll have a kid. And then um, we had another kid. And then a third kid. And then at this whole time, I mean, this whole time, like just to kind of give you perspective, like I'm, I'm doing my career and um, I'm trying everything possible to not face reality. I'm, I've got all these coping mechanisms of yeah. work. And so, I mean, uh, career wise, I was very successful and I had reached a lot of goals and I had done a lot of things, but I still had this lack of peace and, you know, I can't even say it was a lack of happiness. Cause was I happy? Yes, I was happy. Mike's wife is a fabulous human and our kids are wonderful. And we had this world, which we had created, which looked perfect to everybody, mm-hmm. but then inside, like I'm slowly dying and I'm just yeah. like, it's a total lack of peace. Happiness and peace are two different things for me, at least. Sure. I had happiness. I was not at peace.
0: I think that's a really important point to make because people don't always recognize the difference, but it's very true. If you've got something just gnawing inside of you that you just keep shoving down and burying, you can't be at peace, even though you've got great things in your life. Correct. You love your kids. Yes. You have respect for your ex-wife. You're Mm -hmm. successful career-wise. All those things are great, and they do bring you happiness. Yes, but when you have that something inside of you that just it'll eat you alive.
1: And it's almost like like I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but if you're you know if you're like if you're preparing for a big race or something, and sometimes your body will tell you, oh, you you need sodium or you need salt or whatever, and your body just kind of craves like salt. Yes, but you keep eating vegetables <laughs> or fruit. It's yeah. like these are good things and they taste good, but it's not like what you need. Like your body is craving this thing. And, uh, and the hard part is, is even within the Mormon church, like they, they, they make that, that salt that your body is craving sound so vile and disgusting and selfish. And how could you possibly want that? Because you're a horrible, terrible person and they don't say it quite like that. But they allow other people to say it and then they don't correct them, which has always been my issue. Why
0: am I craving salt?
1: Yeah, why do and obviously (laughs) salt here is a metaphor, right? But it's like I can't explain why. Like I and but one thing is very real and that is I need this thing and I can't explain why, but I'm going crazy not not having this.
0: Yeah. You don't have the piece.
1: Correct.
2: I think that's Cody's way of really saying that JP's a salt of the earth kind of guy. Yes, yeah. I would say so. <laughs> so you, you
0: you didn't go so far as to get married, JP.
2: I didn't. I didn't. I joined the LDS church uh, right before my 21st birthday. I went on a mission, uh, came home. And to your point about the pressure of, of getting married, I remember I had just gotten home. I had maybe been home. I, I don't even think a month and one of the guys uh, that that I was going to church with asked me how old I was, and because I went on my mission a little bit later, uh, at that point now I'm I'm 24, and I remember him saying, "Oh, so you're a Menistus Society." That's um, what
0: they would say. Yes, yeah, it yes, goes I don't back <laughs> to this
2: old Brigham Young quote, but you know, I thought, "Oh, a, a Menistus Society. I'm trying to do everything." everything that I'm supposed to be doing. I have even been home for a month from having served this full-time two-year missionary or or mission in Venezuela. And so um, there, I I remember that pressure that it it was just kind of constant. I dated, uh, I I went to BYU, um, dated a girl who, who I really, really loved. Uh, We got engaged, but early on I was very upfront with her about, this is, this is what I deal with. I'm, I'm attracted to men. Mm -hmm. Um, and we worked, worked really hard to try to make it work. But at, at the end of the day, it wasn't really fair to, to her at all. And, and it wasn't fair to me and, and we couldn't make it work. And so I thought, well, if I, I've got to figure out a way to, to actually make this work before I, um, you know, go, go that far as to, to get engaged
0: Did you have some similar feelings, uh, in that if I get engaged or I get married, this will go away or
2: for sure, for sure. I, I thought, okay, um, I, I joined the church and I thought, okay, this will fix it. Mm -hmm. It'll go away because of this. And I thought, well, maybe on my mission, it'll go away as a result of, of serving my mission Got home. And I thought, okay, I'll try counseling Uh, I went through a lot of counseling, still wasn't going away. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe if I get married, uh, this, this will fix it and it'll eventually go away. Uh, and it didn't. And it seemed like the further, the more that I tried to push it down and make it go away, uh, the more, the the stronger the the feelings became.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever talk to your ex-wife about how you felt to any degree?
1: Never, not until I came out um, or got found out. Really, not until late into our marriage. We were eight years into our marriage before she had a clue. Yeah, that was the worst day of my life.
0: She was totally shocked.
1: Yeah, we um, we were having some marital problems, and I had gone to California for a work trip and then came back, and um, you know I had a conversation with one of my buddies down there, who you know one of my straight buddies down there, and we conversed a little bit and I told him, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm gay. And, and I don't think I can make my marriage work. And so my ex-wife, I think sensing that there was something up, mm-hmm. um, do a little of her own investigation while I was asleep via telephone. And then she, I remember her waking me up at, at midnight, she flipped the lights on and I'm out of this groggy sleep. And she said, are we going to make this work or not? And I said, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, I read your text message from your buddy. And I just want to know if we can do this. And, you know, rightfully so, she was frustrated and, and confused and trying to work through these problems. And then I just said, well, it's complicated. And then she said, well, what do you mean it's complicated? And I said, well, it's really, really complicated. And she goes, like, like what? Like are, you, like, are you into men? Like, and, and she said it kind of like trying to pick the most outrageous thing she could possibly think of and just throw it out there. And then I just said, Yes.
0: And she didn't expect that response.
1: No, she did not, and she was, you know, that started a very long, difficult, horrible conversation, which to this day I think of, and it just breaks my own yeah. heart, yeah, and, I, and and hers as well, I'm sure.
0: Because you didn't have any intentions of heavens know breaking her heart. You wanted to do the right thing,
1: and, and the the hard part, which is always hard to communicate, and a lot of people don't understand, is like, like my marriage with her was not ugly. Like it wasn't, I mean, we were friends. We didn't argue like, Mm -hmm. and so like in my mind, I'm thinking I should be okay with this. Like I should be satisfied with being married to her, but I'm not, and I can't understand it. And so like, as time goes on, like you start to feel, I don't, I don't know. It it, like you're breaking the heart of a person you love. Yes.
0: Yes. I can totally relate because with my ex-husband, I have the utmost respect for him. I think mm-hmm. he's a great person. Mm-hmm. He's my good friend. Yes. Do I think that we should be married? No. It's a really unique relationship. Yes. And we just had challenges that it didn't work as yeah. far as marriage went. That doesn't mean that I don't have a love for him. I do. Yes. And people often think you you should hate that person. That's your ex. So you should hate yeah. them. And it, I, I don't feel that way at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally relate like it's yeah. and it that was the hard part is it. I sometimes I would wish that she was a total jerk to me so that I could have a reason to be a like, Screw to you, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. I hate you. Yeah. But she never was. Yeah. And so it's like I have to just own up to this and say this is my choice and there's nothing you can do about it and it's not your fault
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: don't feel like it's my fault to a certain degree. I accept responsibility for the things I should. I feel like but, but you
0: are who you are and you I don't you can't change that.
1: I can't. Nope. You know, I could have done things differently from the beginning, but I didn't. You know, there's lots of people who are gay and raised in the LDS church and they never marry and they never have kids and they never victimize this, you know, wonderful woman who didn't deserve it. I was not one of them, but I didn't do it maliciously. I did it because I thought that the outcome would be different than it was. Exactly, just wasn't quite what I
0: planned. Yeah. How did you both come out to your families? Because that had to... been quite the moment. I mean, you had to have been full of anxiety, both of you.
2: For me, um, things had ended with with uh, my ex fiance. Uh, although we we still kind of dated on and off a little bit, uh, at the time, um, I saw this movie trailer uh, for Brokeback Mountain.
0: Yeah, and yeah.
2: I thought I thought this is a weird thing to think. And I'm not that special, but I think Satan might have made a movie for me. I, you know, it's Cowboys. It's up in the mountains, has this great soundtrack. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I will not go go watch that movie. And uh, it had been out in the theaters for, for a while. And I had one day that uh, I was um, walking back. I, I was going to BYU at the time. I was walking back from campus and I had just a distinct feeling I need to go see that movie. Hmm. And after I joined the LDS church, I stopped watching the R rated movies and I thought, what, like, why would I feel like I need to go watch an R rated movie? But I went and, um, I had never, never acted out, uh, in terms of, um, having any, uh, relationship, uh, with, with a man. And I remember sitting there and watching, uh, that movie and just thinking, Oh my gosh, like this I feel like I've lived this even though I hadn't, It really
0: lived the emotion. Yeah.
2: It really just resonated with me. And, um, I decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to tell uh, my parents and I, I called my mom and told her and she, uh, she didn't take it very well. She was really upset about it. Um, and I think she told me, she either told me on the phone or, uh, via a letter, um, that I I believe it was via a letter, but she, she later said, I'm really sorry. You have to go through this, but I never want to discuss this again. And so it, I mean, it did come up a, a few times, but, but it rarely was a point of conversation. And she'd also told me that, uh, Never to tell my dad," she okay. said. "You'll lose any any relationship that you have with your dad if, so if you bury tell it. him." Yeah, and I thought to myself, "I'm not quite sure that's true." Um, and I remember about it was probably about a month later. I thought, "I'm I'm going to tell him," and I use the LDS term. He's he's not LDS, uh, and I use the LDS term of I have same sex attraction. So I call him. I I tell him that, and he says, "Oh, okay." And I thought, "Oh no." He doesn't know what I just told him. <laughs> yeah, right. He just. So I said, well, do you know what that means? He said, oh, yeah, I, I know what that means. And I said, well, you're you're taking a lot better than mom did. And he said she didn't know you well enough to, to have known.
0: So he knew he could sense that.
2: Yeah. And I, I was kind of shocked. I said, wait. And he said, oh, wait, 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 wait. He said, it's not like, oh, look at that, that flamer. Um, he said. When you were about 10, I just had the impression, I don't know that marriage is going to work out for, for him. And mm. and he was okay with that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, very different experience than, than what uh, we had anticipated.
0: Did your mom come around after a while, or does she still struggle with it a little bit?
2: She struggles with it quite a bit. Um, when I uh, told her that, that Cody and I were, were engaged, that that was pretty upsetting for her. Uh, I think she mm. also was uh, had a lot of concerns about what others would think of of her. As a as a re- result, um, she she didn't come to our wedding. Uh, but I think she's slowly. I th- I think she tries to make an effort and is slowly coming around. She'll if if I go home, my my stepdad doesn't seem to really want to have anything to do with me at this point, but. Mm. Um,
0: so heartbreaking when you just want to be yourself.
2: Yeah. But she, but she'll, you know, she'll go, she'll meet us for lunch or, uh, we went on a, we did like a five mile 4th of July run. Um, we've gone hiking with, with her and the kids. And so, uh, you know, I, I think she's trying, but it's still really a struggle for her.
0: Yeah. And you know, uh, she, the way she was raised, it, it kind of shapes how you think.
1: Yeah. So absolutely you does. have to have
0: respect for that, that that's just how they've been molded and shaped for so long. It's hard to go against those things. My, my parents are the same way. They just yep. think a certain way. And I think that if one of us, uh, one of the three kids were to come home and, and give them that news, they would have a difficult time with it. And I don't blame them. They just that's so ingrained in who they yep. are. You know, absolutely. How about your family, Cody? So my
1: parents took it so well. Really? Like, And did you expect that? No. Okay. I thought it was a death sentence. And, and yeah. you know, at this, when I finally told them, everybody knew except for my parents. And then it got to the point where I thought I have to tell them or they're going to hear about it from somebody else. And, and you don't I don't want that. Want that. No. no. So I remember sitting in my, in my room and I was sitting on the floor and I was talking on the cell phone, staring at the vent, the cooler vent. I mean, I, I remember it so oh, vividly. Yeah. And I called my parents and I said, guys, I've, I've got something to tell you. And they said, oh, okay. I said, is dad on the phone? Yeah, dad's on the phone. And I said, and I'm, I'm sorry, and it's so hard to say. And I don't know how to say it. And then I just kind of paused and I started crying. Mm. And then I said, you know, do you promise you'll love me no matter what? And they said, yes, we promise. We'll love you no matter what. What's going on? (laughs) Like, My parents always said that. My parents were always very good in telling me all through my childhood, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, or who you become, we're going to love you no matter what. And I think as a child, I thought, well, you wouldn't love me for this. And and, uh, I remember saying that, you know, you promised to love me no matter what. And they said, yes. And I said, I'm gay. And then it's just silence. Mm. And then... You know, then they, and of course I'm wailing and crying, just thinking this is it. Like I'm like my relationship with these people are over. Like it's, it, I mean, I was so scared and it wasn't like they said, we love you no matter what. And we don't understand what this means. And it's a lot to take in. And like you said, it's like you, you hear the same, I mean, they heard the same things through and throughout their life that I'd heard. And so it's a lot to take in. And so to my parents credit, they were superstars about it. And at first it was hard and it took a lot of adjustment. But as time has gone on, like even at like today, they're like pioneers in, in their area. You know, they live in northern Idaho and they're, you know, people frequently come up to them and say, hey, my kid's gay. Like, how, how do you deal with it? And my parents are able to somehow reconcile, you know, the gap but, or, or how do I put this. They are true examples of what I believe is Christian love. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't understand it. Uh, but they love us and it's not their place to judge. And they know that and they don't, and they have accepted JP. I mean, from the beginning, he was their son. As soon as we said we were engaged that he was, that was their it. son. Yep. That was it. And when we go there, we can stay with them. We take the kids like there. Uh, we haven't received an ounce of, of anything hurtful from my parents or my family.
0: That's cool.
1: And it's, and to their, I mean, and that's not what I expected. Yeah. Not what I expected.
0: Yeah. But so cool that you have that.
1: Oh, we're lucky. We're very lucky.
0: How about the kids? How did that play out? How did you tell them and what was their reaction like? Oh, Cody? gosh.
1: How do you tell kids that you have been teaching for five, six, seven, eight, ten years? Yeah that homosexuality is wrong because that's what I was taught to teach my kids and that's what I was taught. And, I and they're hearing it at church. And they're hearing it at church. And so I, I thought, how do I teach my kids contrary to what I've taught them in the last few years? That's mm-hmm. very difficult. And so you have to start with the process of, okay, people are different. Like, And so I would go and read them books and stories. This is while I was still married to my ex-wife. Um, we were trying to make it work to figure out a balance between you know, where we were at to where we're going to be. Cause we, we tried to work it out for a good, you know, almost eight months probably. Wow. So
0: it wasn't just like, bam, no. done. okay
1: nope. it, And to her credit, she was willing to compromise greatly on things that she should not have to compromise on in pursuit of a workable marriage. Cause to her, that was important to me. It was important throughout time. we realized it wasn't going to work and probably workable. mostly I realized it wasn't going to work, but going back to the kids. So the kids, how do you teach kids that? And you've never had that conversation. Um, I started out with YouTube videos. Like, this is crazy. Like, YouTube videos. Uh, There was a YouTuber who had a story about a prince who could marry anybody he wanted. You know, it was a girl in a wheelchair or, uh, you know, one of the princesses from the far-off land or a prince from the far-off land or whatever it was. It gave lots of options. Well, and then this prince ended up wanting to marry his servant who happened to be a male. And so it, there's just these cute little YouTube videos that are cartoons and they're designed for kids and they don't, in my opinion, push an agenda of anything other than we're all different and that's okay and people can marry whoever they want. Sure. So after you know, a good probably month or so of kind of showing them these videos, my oldest knew exactly what was going on. He's extremely smart. He knew it was up. So when I said, guys, you know, I got something to tell you, I'm going to start dating men. Um, and this was... Well, this had to, it would have been after we were, yeah, I was going to start dating men. So I was still going to the house, but mom and I were separated. That's what it was. So that conversation
0: came first. Yes. Mom and I are separating. Yes. We're getting a divorce. We're done. Yep. And I mean, that makes logical sense. Logical
1: sense. Chronological (laughs) sense. So, yeah. yeah. So as time went on, we separated and then I told them I'm going to start dating men.
0: And she had not spoiled that for you. No. Okay.
1: She has been that to the best of my knowledge and I don't have the relationship with her that you have with your ex-spouse but uh, we're very respectful on both ends cuz they're still you know she's still LDS and uh you know the kids go to church with her every Sunday mm-hmm. and I'm fine with that it doesn't bother me because they get enough of our life of acceptance um and love we they get our version of humanity which is hopefully led more by example than by what we say is our hope.
0: And then they can decide for themselves. In the Correct.
1: End. At some point they all decide for themselves.
0: So your oldest is on to you. He's like, okay, all yeah. right, I get this. Uh, the younger ones, not so much.
1: No, the youngest two didn't even really know what was going on. They, they were had no pretty clue. Young. Yeah. Even, well, even I'd say the last three were like, oh, okay. Like no big deal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In fact, I think one of them, the second oldest said like, well, maybe I'll date girls. Like, like, <laughs> and she, yeah. didn't, she didn't know, like, like, It just wasn't a... They didn't understand. The oldest understood. And And did he he have an
0: issue with it? Or was he okay? None
1: that he has communicated to me. um, And none that he's communicated to me.
0: That's good. That's good.
1: We'll see. In 20 years, I might have ruined his life that day. I don't know. (laughs) Poor guy.
0: (laughs) So you two get together, and did you instantly feel like, oh my gosh, like this... I've got this piece now that I didn't have before. What did that feel like to finally... With someone that you
2: so wanted we, to be with, <laughs> we we met and uh, the we hung out uh, the the evening that that we met, and then we ended up hanging out again uh, the next day. We went to to lunch together and uh, ended up spending a little bit of time with each other that day. And I remember saying to to Cody, "This is going to sound ridiculous, and I feel ridiculous for saying this, but." I think I might love you. Mm-hmm. And I remember him saying, Oh my gosh, it's such a relief that you said that. Cause I feel the, the same way. Um, it was, it was a pretty, I guess love at first sight, which I don't think I really believed in before.
0: And did it feel different than the love you had experienced with girls?
2: <clears throat> yeah, I, I would say so. Um, I don't know what, what do you think Cody?
0: Was oh, that just different?
2: Yes.
1: Like, and the best way I can explain it is feeling obligated to snuggle on the couch versus wanting to snuggle on the couch. Right. You know, my my ex-wife was extremely affectionate, and you know she always she always tried. She always tried, and it just it she was just missing the part. And sure. I used to always joke around, oh, if she was just a man, it would be perfect, <laughs> which I now know is not the case because yeah. JP is my person, but. um, yeah, it was so different. I, I, I don't. I, the, the peace that, like, you had to felt piece. like, oh,
0: I can finally be myself, really, truly, myself. Which there is no other piece that is quite like that. When you're like, I, I just get to be me, and there's someone that loves me, for me, all of me. That's a pretty, pretty incredible thing.
1: I wish I could say, Carly, it was like that.
0: Oh, it was not. Like it was struck
1: it was really hard. When we first started dating, he was still trying to work out the religious part of it. Like,
0: okay, so you were not totally on the same page there.
1: No, okay. I was, I was ready to be like, I was ready to be like, well, you know, like, let's, like, let's be together, like, or let's date or let's, whatever, let's, let's try this out. And he did not, he was not ready for that step yet.
0: So you I'll were let still, i him speak for himself. You were still trying to be an active member of the LDS church, JP?
2: I was, yeah, I, I was. And, uh, I felt like, okay, like I've got a decision to make between, uh, pursuing this relationship that I really feel good about or, uh, but in order to do that, I have to, uh, ruin my eternity. You know, I'm going to
1: sign your ticket to hell yeah, is w- were the options. For yeah.
2: And, and at least that's how I thought about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it, it was a bit of a, a bit of a struggle for me. I also uh, had some fears about how uh, people in my life might, might take it if I were to fully come out uh, beyond um, just a, you know, a select few people.
0: Cause your parents uh, knew, but th- did it stay still pretty secret? Like they knew stayed, you didn't talk about it.
2: Yeah. And I only shared it with man, probably just a handful, handful of people. And there was an element of, still not knowing how to handle it and thinking well you know people people date and break up people get engaged and they break up like at what point am i sure enough about this that i'm going to tell people and um i kind of kept putting it off and uh when it came time to send out the wedding invitations a month wow. before that seemed like okay it's probably a it's good
0: time. Pro- probably a good time to
2: <laughs> let people know uh, I'm gay and that I'll be marrying a man. So, yeah. Yeah, but it took you that long. It took me that long. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which makes sense if you if you grew up or you're ingrained in that religion. It's just I can't imagine how difficult that would be. I've left the religion myself and just leaving it without that peace is extremely difficult. Yeah, you know, so having that and the judgment that comes along with it like would have to like, be so and nerve-wracking
1: a lot of people view it as selfishness like they think oh they think it's something like oh they, they compare it to something like alcohol like it's due to the choice yeah it's a choice like oh well you don't have to have alcohol and if you have it you're being selfish and it's like and that's the same way no it is not the same way the difference being is you are choosing loneliness for the rest of your life to 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 do what the what this that you know the lds religion wants you to do your options are live a life of loneliness and never marry. Mm -hmm. That's one choice or marry a female and possibly mess up her life, which was my, my path. Okay. And I didn't mess it up. Anyways, you got that path. Sure. Or the other option is, is you date men and you try and pursue relationships so that you can not experience loneliness and you can find love and this peace, but they don't tell you it's peace. They tell you, Oh, if you choose that, then one, you're going to hell and two, you'll never be happy and you're being selfish. So you have three really crappy options to pick you do. from. You do. And it's just hard. Like JP said, like, you know, where, he, where you know, when we met, even though we felt like it was love at first, it was, it was love at first sight. It absolutely was. And, um, but in his mind, the dialogue is literally, do I date this person Or do I, do I be with this person that I love and go to hell or do I cash that in for a life of loneliness and this other heartbreak Yeah, and this other thing that's supposed to bring me happiness. But to this point in my 38 years of life, it has not done.
0: Yeah. Tough choices though.
1: They're horrible. There's not a good answer to any of them.
0: To the church's credit, and I and I don't, you know, I feel like maybe we've bashed on the church a little bit and that was not my intention. The church is is great in many, many ways. And I think that they've even come quite a ways in, in somewhat accepting this lifestyle. I have a cousin that grew up in the most Mormon family you could ever imagine. And he came out as gay and they got married and they have a baby now together. Um, but... His family has embraced him and they actually go to church on Sunday. They were excommunicated, but they still go to church and they're welcome at church. So I think, you know, bit by bit people are coming around and even the church is coming around and I don't know if they'll ever get to a point where they'll say like, we accept this and it's okay, but I was impressed that at least they could go to church and they felt like they weren't shunned and that they could participate to some degree. Yes. And
2: I would say there are so many wonderful people who are members of the church of Jesus Christ, the latter day saints Absolutely. and that are so incredibly loving. And um, I've got family members that are incredibly supportive, oh, uh, fabulous humans. They attended, attended my wedding. Um, they have friends who have been so supportive and, and understanding and, and empathetic. And I think, Uh, for them, for, for most people, it comes down to, you know, I don't understand everything. And so, uh, but my job is still to, to love other people. Sure.
1: And even like, so thinking about that, as I'm, as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking, I'm like, so what's the difference? Like, why is it that we feel a certain way, but then it's projected a different way, but then we've got people that in our lives who are fabulous. I mean, probably my, my two best friends are active Mormons and they're great and they love us and they accept us and we're welcome. You know, it's like, you know, what's the difference? And I think you kind of hit it on the head. And that was at some point you have to just admit that you don't know. I don't understand,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it's not my position to understand. I love these people. They can be a part of our lives. They're not going to, you know, um, you know, they're not perverts lurking in the corners, Yeah. you know, and that has changed it drastically. But You know, we have, we have great friends and family and the people, you know, our neighbor across, you know, right two doors down from us, she's LDS and she loves us. I mean, we've like her adopted (laughs) kids, you know, and her son's gay. And so, and she's an ally for us. Like when people start to say things, uh, you know, ignorant things in church, uh, when people, not the church, but when certain individuals start to say ignorant things and they don't understand, she's the first to raise her hand and be like, uh, I have a gay son. And what you're saying is not true. And she will correct them. And my parents are very good about that as well. There's fabulous people within every organization.
0: Absolutely. It's
1: just hard to reconcile that with what we were taught as kids and things have changed. Most of the changes are recent. Um, And it's just, it's hard to say I have to be myself and that's going to cost me my religious values. And I'm going to hell for it. That's just a tough part to reconcile. You don't think that though anymore, right? You don't. Okay. And I've, I've often said, if that was the price to pay to be with my husband, I'll pay it. Yeah. Right. I'm, I've am i accepted that.
0: So even though things were a little, I don't want to say rocky, but confusing. Oh, they were. Okay, rocky. Yeah. You got married. You've been together for how long now?
2: We've known each other uh, for about four years, uh, and we uh, are coming up on our second wedding anniversary in October, uh, the 21st.
0: Now I know you haven't been married, JP, but you've been married, Cody White. How does this marriage look differently, or how does it feel differently than your first marriage?
1: Oh my goodness, it's um, it's the in my first marriage. I would compare it to like a a puzzle. Okay, you have a you have a you know a fifty piece puzzle, and there's this chunk in the upper left hand corner that's missing, and you're thinking, what's missing in this marriage, like, or what's missing in this puzzle? And so in my mind, I'm thinking, well, if I complete this puzzle by pursuing a male relationship, then I'm going to lose something else that I currently have, like maybe my kids, because, you know, we all think we're going to lose our kids if we divorce and marry a man. But then I, you know, I lose the bottom right hand part of that puzzle. And so, you know, like with JP and I, uh, I have a complete puzzle. The difference between this marriage and my last, and I can just compare it for myself. um, It's... I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I feel like, um, I'm, I, I mean, I'm at peace. Like in my heart, in my soul, I'm being myself or who I believe I am. And I'm at peace. Are we always happy? Heck, no. I mean, sometimes it is only his good looks that save me from smothering him in the sleep, like, <laughs> and vice versa. We always joke. Oh, how'd you guys make it thirty years? Well, Adderall and Prozac. You know, it's yeah. like, and so you know, I mean, but with JP, we argue more than I ever argued with my ex-spouse. He and I argue way more. I never argued with my ex-spouse.
0: But is it the communication piece after that's different?
1: It's and it, well, it's because it's a real relationship, like. It's not me trying to pretend to be something I'm not. You know, if I had an argument before, I'd be like, oh, I can't argue because I'm hiding so much of myself. I don't even know what to argue about. Like,
0: Sure. Or, I mean, I know in my marriage, we didn't argue a lot either. Uh-huh. And it was a big red flag to me that we didn't argue because I thought if we argued, it would mean that we were more passionate about the relationship. Correct. Or we cared.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And we get in terrible, I mean, people always view us, because, you know, we got a little social media stuff out there, people kind of know who we are, at least in the valley or within the Mormon church, and people always say, oh, you guys have such a perfect life, and I'm like, oh, honey, you have, like, yes, my life is wonderful, and his life is wonderful, I think, I'll let him speak for himself, but, like, it's not perfect.
0: Relationships are hard. Yes, they are.
1: They're really hard. Yeah. But you love each other enough to deal with all the crap that comes with it, and, like, you know, you deal with the arguments, you deal with whether, you know, I turn right on this street instead of going to the next street to turn right, or that's a, literally, we had that conversation on the way here, but you just deal with it because you love each other. And that's like a real relationship. You still have problems. You just deal with them rather than rolling over and saying, well, whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts, JP, comparing this to girls that you dated?
1: Yeah. Um.
2: This just makes sense. Uh, I don't I don't know how to describe it other than that. Maybe before I was always trying to figure out or trying to play a role. Um, this is how I, th- I think you do it. Yeah. Uh, whereas now I'm just myself and I, I just I just do it. And, and sure, we we argue, but we also have a lot of really great times, uh, too. Um,
1: mostly great times. Yeah.
2: Most mostly mostly great times. And I think sometimes in the arguments we also learn a lot about uh, ourselves and maybe different ways of, of thinking about it. I think I was I was I was never married, and so we get you know we meet, and I'm already you know I get married at age forty. I was a pretty independent individual, and so there's some adjustments for me uh, to definitely not being so independent. I think there's some adjustments for Cody in uh, being with someone who is very independent. Oh, and, huge. Yeah. And maybe also being a little bit stuck in my ways of, you know, this is how I've always done this and this has worked well for me. And, uh, so yeah, I think, I think there's been some adjustments that way, but, but I feel like they're minor adjustments and it's not that, uh, we're trying to figure out what's my role, who, who am I supposed to be? We're just who we are. Mm -hmm. And the adjustments just come with, okay, how can we be our best selves together?
0: Yeah, Exactly. What would each of you say to someone that was going through this, a younger person that is having these thoughts like, Oh, I'm attracted to the same sex and I don't know what to do with it. What would you go back and tell your younger versions of yourselves?
2: I, I was telling Cody on, on our way here that I thought as as a member of uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that in order to really reach my full potential and to become more like Jesus Christ and, and have having a perfect love for others, that I needed to uh, obey this uh these set of commandments and I needed to do it as perfectly as I could or else I I wouldn't achieve that. And I still, I still believe that there's principles that that we need to to live in our lives. And um, I think we still need to be people of integrity or, or what be it. But by learning to accept myself and and love myself, uh, it's allowed me to become even more empathetic uh, even more uh, able to to love unconditionally of others it's given me the opportunity I, I've always wanted kids uh, this has given me the opportunity to to have four four kids that I love as if as if they were my biological kids um, they're they're everything to me and uh, I guess I, I would say that things aren't Always the the way that they they seem they'll be that sometimes you just have to um, we were you know you just have to go uh, learn via experience sometimes
0: right. right what about you Cody
1: I would say um, one there's nothing wrong with you like I always felt yeah I'm gay I'm broken there's something wrong with me <clears throat> and I thought that because of How, you know, what I read, my parents never taught me that because that wasn't a direct conversation, but, you know, reading in that book, you know, like homosexuals are pedophiles and they're perverts and animals. I mean, it was just so ridiculous at this stage Hmm. in my life. I look back at it and I think, how, how it's just, it's, it baffles me. So one, there's nothing wrong with you. Okay. Because everybody's different and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Two, I would say surround yourself with people who you feel like you can be authentic with. And I think today's generation and younger kids are much more or they have a lot more access to things like that, you know, to people who are open minded and aren't going to be judgmental, you know, particularly in larger areas and smaller town communities. It's a lot tougher. It is very different to be uh, a member of the LGBTQ plus community in a small town compared to. San Francisco or Boise, Idaho, huge difference. Yeah. And so with that, be patient. That's another um, one I would say. And the other one is don't feel like you have to adjust who you are to be, or don't feel like you have to adjust who you are to fit in to what you perceive is the norm within an organization or within a community. Yeah. For example, if you look at JP, he's dressed like a cowboy. Okay. He's got a cowboy shirt on. He's got boots on, jeans, you know, normally he's wearing a cowboy hat, but we're inside. So he's not. So, you know, I mean, he is a cowboy and with myself, sometimes I dress that way. Sometimes I don't. And, you know, we don't really fit in a lot of times to, you know, the, the drag community. We don't like going to drag shows. Cause I don't, I don't like them. I don't, has not against it. I just don't like going. Just because like, you're
0: gay doesn't mean you need correct. to go to a drag show.
1: And I don't, and I choose not, or I just don't want to for whatever reason. It doesn't matter. There's nothing wrong with you. Like, no. so don't feel like you have to be a part of the stereotype, but don't be afraid if that's who you are to do that. If you are transgender, for example, and you feel like that's something you want to explore, don't not do it just because you don't want to be a part of the stereotype. Um, but then maybe your version of what that is is totally different. You know, it's, you know, we've, there's the, the queer eye, was it Jonathan, whatever? Queer you eye, know, for the queer eye. Guy. yeah. He, he chooses not to pick a label, you know. So sometimes he wears women's clothing and sometimes he doesn't. And so I think, you know, human sexuality is significantly more complex than I think we understand and we're doing better. Um, but for kids today, there's nothing wrong with you. Don't live a stereotype that isn't you. Um, and be patient. That's all I would say. Such an important message.
2: I've I've always said, um, if being gay is the m- most interesting thing about me, I've done something wrong.
0: Right. That's because, a good point.
2: Because for a straight person, if that if that's the most interesting thing about them is that they're that they're a straight person, it's
0: it's, it's like a non-issue.
2: Yeah. It, it it doesn't make sense. And so, um, yeah, I, I would say that as well. And another thing, another realization that I came to. Uh, once I came to peace with with leaving the the LDS Church and um, pursuing my relationship with Cody was how I've been trying to be become a straight person. I even paid to go to a gay camp um, to you know be to become a straight guy. Didn't work, but but I tried tried everything. And I remember thinking, I wonder how offensive this has been to, to God that God created me this way. For for whatever reason that that I don't know, but how offensive is it that I've been trying to to change this key part of myself?
0: Yeah, yeah, super important. Cody, I know you in particular um, have kind of tried to reach out and help other people that are dealing with this issue, and you started a web a website called.
1: Yeah, so I've got a little blog. It's helpimgay.com, and it's a uh, it's it's nothing much, and I don't update it as much as I should because we're busy and, um, but you know, I've, I've always tried to reach out to people because I know what it felt like. I know how difficult it is. And when you, you know, at this stage in my life, I know a lot about being gay back then. I had no idea. Like I knew nothing. Like, what does this mean? What does that mean? Who's the boy? Who's the girl? You know, it's like, you don't, I mean, you don't, all those ridiculous things, but because I wasn't raised in, a tolerant area of the United States or world. And I wasn't raised in, you know, this open-minded environment. um, I, I, there's just a lot of questions and sometimes you don't feel comfortable asking them. So yes, I've tried to reach out and I continue to reach out to, to people who uh, maybe found themselves in my particular situation um, or people who are within the LDS church and maybe they don't feel like they quite fit or they don't know how to tell their parents. Yes, we, I, we love to be supportive to them and we feel like we've
0: helped lots yeah. of people and that website does still exist so yes. if people want mm-hmm. to find it again it's
1: yeah help help
0: perfect thank, thank you. you guys so much for sharing your story i think you're incredible and i'm so glad that you finally are at peace with yourselves and that you found each other
2: thank you thank you
0: Thank you for joining this edition of Not The Way I Planned. If you liked what you heard, you can find more at notthewayiplanned.com as well as Not The Way I Planned on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.